What's up, everybody? I'm TJ. And I'm Kelsey. And we are the, the Nashville, Nashville Wine Duo. Duo. Yep. Katie Robbins. <laughs> yes. Cheers, AKA <laughs> the fashion stylist. Yes. Extraordinaire. Extraordinaire. Yes. Cheers. Cheers. <laughs> oh, man. This wine's good. We are drinking a lovely uh, bottle, which we'll get into later. But first, we wanted to say cheers to Katie for being on the Nashville Wine Duo podcast. Yeah. Well, thanks, y'all. And thanks for bringing the wine and for remembering that I love Sauvignon Blanc. Of course. Yeah. And therefore bringing <laughs> a Puy Fumé. Yeah. Yes, look you at said you. It. Look you said at it you. Great. Yes. And she knew what she said. She's like, I yes. love old world wine. Yep. This is an old world wine. It's so good. And um, I just think this is so fun. Since we started this podcast, I've really, we both wanted to. Not just have it be like a certain type of people that we talk to, not just like, you know, wine shop people or winemakers. Mm-hmm. We've like, you know, expanded that to like other people doing things in Nashville that we think are really cool. And um, yeah, you're a fashion stylist here in Nashville. And um, uh, let's just dive into how you like got started in that. Okay. Well, first I'd like to tell you that it was funny when you asked me to come on because I know I was like, well, I don't really have wine drinking stories with my clients. (laughs) You know, most of my clients here in Nashville are country singers. And really, if we drink, it's whiskey. Okay. (laughs) And you were like, well, no, you don't have to have wine drinking stories. We just want to talk to you about what you do. We want to drink wine while you tell us the story. Yes. Yes. Basically. And I love to tell stories. (laughs) I am Italian and, you know, Italians love wine and they love talking i guess <laughs> so yeah. okay tell well so what do you want to know because how'd you get yeah. started how did you get what, started in what you're yeah. doing so you're um, from new york well no i'm no. from hendersonville tennessee oh, hendersonville right. tennessee yes. okay and i okay. ran like my ass was on fire can we say that oh, yeah. yeah you, you can, can cuss that. all you want um okay good uh, because I do cuss like a New Yorker, but I'll try to keep it clean in case my mom listens. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but she knows. Um, so I'm from Hendersonville, Tennessee. I ran like my ass was on fire to New York City because, you know, growing up in Hendersonville, which now I realize was a, a wonderful, idyllic childhood, you know, and the school bus would have to stop and sit at Johnny Cash's house while the country and western tour bus led everyone out to take pictures. And I would just want to, like, get home and watch, like, Double Dare. And it was like, Oh, I love Double Dare. Cheers to Double Dare. Cheers to Double Dare. Nickelodeon and Double Oh, yeah. Oh, man. But all these tourists were getting out taking pictures of Johnny Cash's house, and, like, the road was so small that both buses couldn't go past. Yeah. And, you know, like, they were just growing up surrounded by country music, and I didn't care. I wanted to, you know, listen to The Cure and The Doors and Jane's Addiction. and, And, you know, I was like, well, I like, you know, I don't really like country music. I just sort of like my dad's music. And my dad was a country songwriter. And, and I loved and respected what he did, but didn't really even totally get it. I just thought it was like kind of cool that he wrote country songs for a living, but didn't, it wasn't my cup of tea, mm-hmm. you know? Um, unless someone like Hal Ketchum called, who I had a huge crush on, um, <laughs> who, for those of you who don't know, was like a, a 90s country star. Um, 
and oh god rest his soul actually mm-hmm. um and you know if he someone like him called the house i'd get all excited because i had a huge crush on him or like gary allen and i had a huge crush on him um but other than that i was like whatever country music i you know i'm going to new york yeah um and in new york i started out interning in the wardrobe department of sex in the city um, so what, what age did you leave Tennessee to go to New York to, well, to follow around, your dreams? To follow my dreams. It was a roundabout way. Like, I thought I was going to be an orthopedic surgeon who went to Emory in Atlanta. Wow, what okay. a different career. Right. How crazy. <laughs> oh, yeah, one biology class, and I realized that I was not going to be helping young girls with their scoliosis that way. But eventually in New York, I actually did get to dress an amazing pop singer who was a great, now a wonderful songwriter who had scoliosis, and it all came full circle because she wow. didn't want to let her record label know she had scoliosis, and hers was pretty severe. And when I told her I had it, and I was like, I, I thought I could help girls by operating on them, but now I'm going to trust them to help cover their scoliosis. And she is now a hit writer here in Nashville named Tina Parole. That's so wow. And she, that's cool. um, so anyway, and she, but she was a pop singer in New York for a while, and that's where we met, and we're still friends, and... Um, that's as close to helping girls with scoliosis I ever got. So you got started being an intern on the wardrobe set of Sex and the City. So like, how did you knock that door down? Like, how did you get into that space? So I, well, you will appreciate this, TJ. I was a bartender at a champagne lounge called Flute. So I learned a lot about champagne and a girl that was also a bartender there, she actually taught me how to bartend. Claire Picacia, shout out. Uh, she now, she was working, she was interning in the production department of Sex and the City, the TV show. So this is old school. You know? And she's now, she now produces like, well, she produced films for a while. I feel like she's producing commercials, maybe movies. Uh, anyway, she was like, hey, I know you're get, you want to get into fashion. So I had this huge quarter life crisis. 25 years old, and I'm like, I don't want to be in the music business, which is what my family wanted me to do, mm-hmm. um, and I don't want to be a music publisher. I don't want to go on and be like an art historian and go to grad school and be an art history professor, which is what I studied. Um, so, and, and you know, what, what do I want to do? What have I done and loved doing? And it was being on set as a little, like, actor slash model in high school where I would do country music videos and commercials in Nashville. And I, they would always have you bring your own clothes, and they would ask me to bring clothes for other people. And looking back, like, so that's totally, like, obvious what I should have done, but I just thought that was fun. Like, that was it. It was just, like, something I did for fun. I needed to pursue my intellectual passions and yeah. whatever. I, or the country music business that my family wanted me to go into, which is weird because most people don't want their kids to go into the music business. Um, and... Like, I started a fashion column in my middle school newspaper. Like, I did, in elementary school, there was, like, a project that you could do whatever you wanted to for a history project. And I did a runway show of, like, 1800s clothing. I mean, it. looking back, it was obvious. But it wasn't something I thought because I didn't sew. I didn't design. I didn't, you know, I didn't know that there was a thing called fashion styling. I just mm-hmm. didn't know it, like, yeah. growing up. So, cut to... Having a quarter-life crisis going, what am I good at? And I started, re- I was like, well, I was an extra on like Sex and the City and they had me bring three outfits for an up, Upper East Side lady who lunches, pastels, you know, no patterns, bring three options. And 
everyone else had to go to the wardrobe truck and they told me I could wear anything that I brought and could they borrow this dress for someone else. Oh, wow. And I was like, okay, so this is a talent? Like, hearing, like, what someone wants and then finding it. I'm Mm -hmm. not designing it. I'm not sewing it. I'm not, you know. So I started reaching out to everyone I knew who did anything in fashion and talking to them and, like, people who were in the buyer's training program at Saks, people who were in wardrobe departments, people who worked at magazines and... Just was like, okay, I want to do one of these things. What do I do? And I just took any opportunity I could get. Plus, I was styling shoots and not even knowing it. Oh, rewind. My best friend, Amy Dickerson, who's this ridiculously talented photographer now based in Los Angeles, we would do photo shoots for fun in high school. And we moved to New York City together, and I was styling shoots for her like for years, not knowing that that's what it was. That was what you were actually doing. Yeah, I would get the clothes. Sometimes I would do the makeup just from the few skills I'd had from being like a little... Nashville model and having amazing makeup artists like Lori Turk, shout out, one of the best makeup artists in town who's done Taylor Swift for like 15 years, who once in a blue moon I get to be on set with, and I'm like, you used to do my makeup when I was 15, yeah. That's cool. Um, So we would do that, and I just didn't know it was a thing. Yeah. So I started talking to people, ended up Claire Picacia, who taught me how to bartend at uh, Flute in New York was like, they fired all the unpaid interns at Sex in the City. You should apply. And so I was down in New Orleans with Amy D, Amy Dickerson, my BFF, the photographer, doing a shoot. And I remember sitting at a cafe, typing up a cover letter to Patricia Field at Sex in the City, who, you know, she didn't read it, Marion Choi, shout out to Marion Choi, who's an amazing costume designer, um, saying, I was a, you know, I was a, extra and you guys said I could wear any of my outfits and you borrowed a dress for me and now I really want to be an intern you know and they hired me as an unpaid intern the oldest living one ever at age 25 and they gave me a metro card and lunch and they're like go get the clothes and bring them back how long did you do that for well this is the funny part I say it was for a summer it was probably about two months because then I got a call from Teen Vogue wanting me to run the closet and then I got a call from a woman named Inga who wanted me to uh assist her she was a celebrity stylist did all the Victoria's Secret Catherine Zeta-Jones the year she won the Oscar Demi Moore the Olsen twins everyone and she called me and said you know I need you la 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 and I went and did a day with her I took the day off from Sex in the City and Marion Toy said well you're working for Inga you're never going to come back and I was like what do you mean and she goes well Inga's going to want to hire you and after that week, Inga hired me, and I had to go to Sex in the City and say, I'm done. I loved this unpaid internship, yeah. but I had to go make a living. And then I had to turn down uh, Teen Vogue that, you know, I had to make this huge life decision. Like, do yeah. I go work and run the closet at Teen Vogue, which is relaunching in two months, or do I start working for Inga now, which is freelance? I'll have some time off to style my own shoots. Um, and, you know, the first week it was like, Heidi, Tyra, Giselle, Alessandra, Adriana, when they were babies, like all like huge, the biggest photographers, biggest supermodels, you know, flying to LA and then it was flying to St. Bart's. So do you go everywhere with Inga? Is that kind of? So I, for a year, half the time, uh, the other assistant, uh, Kat would, (laughs) and that's a funny story too, would go with her and half the time I would. So I'd be like, you know, on set with her while Kat would be wrapping her puppy. Is this a little bit of, like, the Devil Wears Prada kind it's of... Exactly. Yeah. I mean, it was exactly... Like, I would, like, <laughs> go home... Like... And, I would go home and cry. Yeah. Um, it was very Devil Wears Prada, and then, and then it, 
right before she fired me. <laughs> so Inga was cut. Was Inga kind of like Meryl Streep? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, props to Inga. She that when she fired me, she had seven assistants in seven months, and then she hired me, and I lasted a year. Oh. And when she fired me, she told me she didn't want to keep me in a cage. Like, she was kept in a cage at Vogue for five years. Oh. I needed to go off and do my test shoots with that girl, meaning my record covers with Amy Dickerson, my yeah. best friend. And she said I would thank her. And I really did, because a year later, I had my first magazine cover. Wow. And, uh, yeah. But it was a, a year. So I saw what Inga did. And I was like, wait, we travel. We work with all these people that are in the forefront of, like, pop culture. We're traveling. She doesn't have an actual boss. Like, it's always a different client, different stuff. It is crazy and chaotic. Yeah. But I was like, this is amazing. Like, right. one day we're with Catherine Zeta-Jones getting her ready for the Oscars. The next day we're with Demi Moore. The next day we're with Pierce Brosnan. And this is, to me, they're still all A-list. Right. But this is when they were at the most A-list of, of their, their A-list. Right. Yeah, totally. Um, and Heidi, Tyra, Giselle, yeah. I mean, like, you know, where Adriana and Alessandra the, were the baby models, you know, and it was just, we were just, you know, St. Bart's, Los Angeles, Miami, you know, New York at Pier 59 Studios. Like you would walk around the studios and see all these different people. Yeah. And it was just, you're like, I'm, I want to do this. It was, I was like, yeah. this, like, this is what I want to do. You don't have a boss. You work for yourself. You, you go from client to client and she always had fun on set. This is what Inga was great at. She was great with the clients and just how she interacted with everyone and, you know, on set styling. I really learned by watching her how to be a stylist. Right. Um, so you were like kind of like she was kind of training you like even more. So, yes. Without yeah, like without you even really knowing. Yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. And I'm like, this is what I want to do. And so when. Cat, the other stylist, and this is the funny part, Inga admitted to me right before she fired me, she accidentally hired me because there, there was Katrine, who was Belgian, like, uh, like Inga, and then Catherine, me. I guess, you know, I had put, I thought I'd put Katie on my resume, but my full name is Catherine, and she called the wrong person and hired me by accident. Oh, oh my gosh. Man. Oh, wow. That's just, like, meant to be. Yeah. That's wild. That's crazy. So who was your first... You said your first cover. So. She might not be able to say if you can't say. No, no, no. I don't remember. Do you know what's so first. funny? I don't remember what the first, first mag. Cover. You know what? I think maybe. I remember my first like big shoot after going out on what my was own. It? What was it? It was and talk about full circle. It was Ron Livingston, right after. He had broken up with Carrie on the post-it note in Sex in the City. Oh my gosh! So Ron Livingston from Office Space. Yeah. Um, oh man, Burger. Yeah. Burger. Burger. Really, yeah, from Sex and City. Burger. I hated Burger. Burger. So he, he was broke, so annoying. And he broke up with her on the post-it. And right after that is when I had a shoot where, um, in one day I got to dress him, and then, oh my gosh, I forgot his name. He was in the movie with Julia Roberts where he was dying of cancer and they fell in love. Um, his father is a huge, was played uh, George Patton or George, uh, General, oh gosh, this is where I'm going to sound like a fashion girl who doesn't. Um, I know, I remember. He was from Singles. Movie. I don't remember. Anyway, it was two shoots in one day, but one was Ron Livingston. And um, so that was my first big shoot. But I think my first cover, it was a small, like, local magazine called New York Moves. And it was Mina Savari. 
Oh, wow. Very yeah. cool. And that was because my dear friend, Bianca Bianconi, shout out to Bianca, who was a huge publicist. At the time, she was um, the assistant to Jill Fritzo, also a huge publicist. Shout out to Jill. And that was where on a shoot with the girl from Scream and Party 5. Naomi Campbell. Uh, no, it's Naomi, not Campbell. That's the supermodel. Oh, I got it wrong. <laughs> uh, Nev Campbell. Nev Campbell. Nev Campbell. So, yeah, yeah. So Nev Bianca Campbell. was on a shoot with Nev Campbell while assisting Joe Fritzo. And this assistant, I mean, this stylist, Inga, was complaining how she'd had seven assistants in seven months and could never find a good assistant. And Bianca was like, my friend Katie wants to assist a stylist. And then got her info. I sent my resume to Inga's agent. And then a few months later, she calls me while I'm at Sex in the City and texts me away from Sex in the City, accidentally, accidentally. hiring me, thinking I was a different Katrine. Wow. Yes. So then fast forward from that, you so then you end up just kind of pursuing it on your own for a while? Yes. So, so you leave Inga. Yes, and on my time off with her, I'd style my own shoots, and I had met a couple of really amazing British fashion stylists, um, Eugenie Hanmer and Deborah Brett, who was like the, the uh, they were both the mentors I never had, um, and, but they were my mentors. Yeah. And they came from Harper's and Queen and would come and do shoots, which is the British Harper's Bazaar, and have me assist them. And then after like one time assisting them, they would be like, oh, we can't do these little shoots like for Harper's and Queen. So like this. passing you stuff. Yes. Ah, that's and where it starts. And Eugenie, she uh, recommended me to her brother, Pierce, who was now a huge uh, set designer, I think. But he was a photographer for a while. And that's how I got the Ron Livingston gig. Gotcha. Um, and then... Deborah just recommended me to people and I was doing these shoots on my own and it was just great that these women who like came over from London saw something in this like American designer or mm-hmm. designer I'm suddenly a designer I'm making myself a designer <laughs> uh, I'm definitely not a designer this little American like fashion assistant and like helped oh, me where you had gone after that like... so Inga gave me the boot yeah and you did the Livingston cover yes but how I, at the Casa Del Mar, she gave me the boot, and I went up to my room, and I remember I ordered a glass of Cabernet Sauvignon uh-huh. and a filet mignon as That's a good service. pairing. That's yes. a good pairing. I didn't order the bottle because I was like, because she fired me, is Victoria's Secret not going to pay for this? <laughs> and I'm not going to be making any money, <laughs> oh so I don't God. know. But to bring it back to wine, I remember I ordered a glass of uh-huh. Cabernet uh-huh. and a filet mignon. And I had a couple of tears, and I wiped my tears away, and I said, fuck this. Yeah. I am a fashion stylist now. I'm not an assistant anymore. And I felt like I wouldn't have been ready to go out on my own for at least six months or a year more, but I was like, I'm going out on my own. Mm-hmm. And I called everyone I knew, and I was like, I'm out on my own. And for the next year, I assisted occasionally, like the British fashion stylists I told you about in, in magazine editors. And I did um, little stints here and there for like two weeks to a month at a time at W Magazine and W Jewelry, uh, which no longer exists, but W Magazine does, and Women's Wear Daily. And would do little assisting gigs, but always thinking, oh my God, I'm going to have to go back to bartending. Like, I should like make sure I keep up my connections at Flute. Um, but I was able to support myself, you know, for a year, both assisting and doing my own shoots and then after a year I was able to start saying no to assisting and just go out on my own and I had to turn down a huge like 
huge fashion editor who's like um, literally a legend. Her name is Sarah Jane Hoare, H-O-A-R-E, one of the biggest British fashion editors ever, really. Um, and she needed a new assistant, and Eugenie had recommended me to her because she had assisted her. Strangely, she's legally blind. Oh, wow. And she's a huge, I mean, she has like one of those gorgeous coffee table books of all of her work. Um, and that was a huge thing in my career too. I'm like, well, do I take this job, which will thrust me into like super high fashion world? Or do I do this like celebrity styling thing? And I had to, and I, my gut just told me, say no to Sarah Jane mm. and um, keep doing, keep doing own, my own, own thing. thing. And then it just started, oh, one of my first clients, one of my first things was um, dressing Hanson. <laughs> Dressed uh, Hanson. Oh, oh yeah. wow. yes. What? That's great. Um, and then one another one of my first big big jobs that was so I've never been this nervous ever was dressing Blondie like Debbie Harry and the rest of the band wow. Blondie. Wow. So cool. I just had some like people who I had worked with as an assistant who knew I'd gone out on my own who started hiring me. Um, another which didn't turn out so well but was um, uh, Scarlett Johansson. Um, I just had some wonderful opportunities that were really, uh, the, some of the first ones were started through my dear friend, Bianca Bianconi and her boss at the time, Jill Fritzo. And, um, because they were at PMK, a big PR firm and they're like, well, Hey, you know, for our up and comers or, or for some jobs that aren't quite as big budget, like, you know, let's recommend Katie. And yeah. it was wonderful. And now it's great because I'll be at like the CMAs and see Jill Fritzo. She'll be there with clients and, you know, uh, and, you know, actually strangely, I never see Bianca at the CMAs because she's busy running a huge PR firm in New York and coming back and forth. We just see each other for fun. But yeah, she actually, Bianca, um, took over my column because she was a year younger than me. So when I went to high school, she took Katie's Collectibles, the fashion column I started in at Hawkins Middle School and turned it into Bianca's Boutique. Love that. And we've been friends ever since. And then she was really integral in starting, help, you know, helping me start my career as a stylist. So what um, brought you full circle to Nashville, back to Nashville? So it was love because I'm a hopeless <laughs> romantic. Um, well, it really started as Freelancer's Guilt. Freelancer's Guilt is when you... Um, you don't want to travel or go anywhere or take any time off because what if you get a call and you get a job? Like, I can't go home and visit my family. Like, what if I get a, a shoot? So I was like, wait a second. I'm dressing all these celebrities in New York. But in New York, it was, you know, one day would be a newscaster. It would be like Katie Couric. And the next day, it'd be Debbie Harry. And the next day, it would be Rufus Wainwright. And the next day, it'd be like a chef like Bobby Flay. I mean, it was nothing... Like, nobody was the same. It was all shape sizes, all professions. The next day, it would be an author. Um, I'm like, but they're all celebrities. And, like, I started dressing a couple of musicians. So I was like, well, maybe I could dress some country singers. So I started calling everyone I knew in Nashville. And um, through wonderful friends, met Regina Stuvey and Joanna Carter, who were really huge in introducing me to some of my first country singer clients. So Regina at the time was uh, a publicist. I think she was at Universal. And Joanna Carter was head of creative at Capital and now VP of creative at Universal and now 
Regina's, I think at Warner, but they were like, we all had, we had mutual friends and they said, you know, they looked at my work and they're like, okay, we'll introduce you to some people and see, you know, if anyone here wants to use you as a stylist. And then Wade Hunt, who now has his own um, design firm, but he was head of creative at Sony, was, he was actually the first one to be like, ooh, I want someone who can bring that New York sensibility and something yeah. a little more fashiony, but like still kind of understands Nashville. You know what's funny is even being in your apartment, I feel that, I feel like this fusion yeah. of like, New York, New York Nashville. And New York and Nashville. New York and Nashville. Yeah. yeah. I think that I really like, I get that. Even you are like that, which is cool. Like it was your personality. Well, I mean, because I never, this is the thing. I never truly fit in in Nashville, but I never totally fit in in New York. I mean, it's sort of the story of my life. Um, I never fit in with the total nerds in my AP classes, but I never like totally fit in with the totally alternative kids, like who wanted to party or the popular kids who wanted to party. I just kind of go in between all these worlds and that's yeah. how I feel like I do in my work and my life too yeah. you know yeah. like you know I'm not hardcore country but I'm like always around these country singers I'm not like you know uh but, but then I still have my clients in New York but I'm not hardcore in New York like and then I did have a New Yorker be like yeah you really are very Nashville now and I'm like really like because I <laughs> I don't know I always was a little Nashville mm-hmm. but I am but yeah, I mean now I'm wearing a Wrangler jumpsuit. It's you very know? cute. Um, but it's tie dye, you know. <laughs> um, and then I, I, you know what? I realized really this year I'm like I am Nashville. Hmm. You know, I yeah. my hashtag was like NYC Nashville stylist because I really used to be almost all New York City. Like for 15 years, I was solely New York City, and then I started slowly, slowly coming back here. Um, and then during the pandemic, when I really couldn't travel, I was like, thank God I have all these amazing Nashville clients. And it really started, um, my first big one that I guess put me on the map, if you will, was Eric Church. So Joanna Carter, who's at the time head of creative at, uh, at Capitol Records and now VP of creative at um, Universal, it's like, I really want to introduce you to Eric Church. He's looking for a new stylist and like, he doesn't want to be, you know, like, like everyone else. And, you know, and I think the New York, but you're New York, but you get Nashville and you're, you go back and forth. And at the time I was living, I mean, and then I show up at his house and we actually looked at some books. He had some images of Bruce Springsteen. I looked at a few pieces of clothing he had and we like, you know, talked back and forth, just had a good back and forth and with his wife, Catherine, who's always very, a good uh, communicator, you know? <laughs> it's like, well, did he really mean this or that? Um, and left the meeting at his house and it was this weird freak ice storm. And it took Joanna Carter and I two I hours to get back from Eric's house. And it took 30 minutes, 20 minutes to get there from right. the Capitol. And it was brutal. Um, I mean, we literally almost peed in our pants in my car. I was like, okay, can we just like, we're in standstill traffic. Nobody's moving. People are sliding off the road. You get out and pee and then I'll get out and pee. And we're like, we can wait, we can wait, we can wait. But we almost like just peed on the side of the road in the middle of Nashville because we, it was, I think it was Valentine's day or something. I remember it. Um, I almost ran off the road on the way back from Eric's house. But that was sort of my, kind of the game changer 
that I didn't know was a game changer at the time. It mm-hmm. was pre-Chief, his record that kind of changed his career. And this whole thing happened with a flag scarf that was just me being born on the 4th of July and him doing a song called Springsteen and trusting me to put a scarf on a dude when back then back dudes then were wearing scarves. That, yeah. yeah. And um, that was a huge part of building my, my Nashville career too because people really thought of me as this New York stylist who was just like coming back to Nashville to dress some country singers. Right. And that kind of put me on the map as a... we Like, I feel like our careers really, like, blew up together yeah. in, in Nashville That's for really me. That's really cool. So when you style these artists, do they take that styling into their day-to-day life? Or is it kind of just, like, for a photo shoot or an album cover or, a, or this piece? Or do they actually, like, okay, I'm actually going to use this in my day-to-day life and it's going to be my thing in their public life yes like yeah. in private they're still going to have probably, on their yeah. like crocs and right. their like yeah. pj pants I have, on I the yeah. but i'm saying they're like right and they're like their business yes you know if they're going to the like their office what look yes that's their office look that you've kind of created um for a lot of them yes, yes. and that is so the the up-and-coming artists like their management sometimes even before they have a record label will just hire me to help them develop their style yeah like to make sure that they look like a star whenever they are playing the round down the street or like going out to losers or wherever like the kids hang out you know and meet industry people yeah um i mean you say going to kroger but still they're probably going to go to kroger in their pj bottoms right um or trader joe's actually (laughs) i know i saw i saw noah cyrus about a week ago Probably in her PJ bottoms. Girl is in her pajamas. Yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. Um. So, but yeah, they uh, from the get go. If if it's more than just a one off shoot, which here there aren't one off shoots in New York, it was there would be one off shoots. You'd be like, mm-hmm. we're hiring you to dress this person for this magazine cover. Here, it's usually like we want someone to help them develop their style, and then I get a call every few months, and it may be for a record cover, but then we'll get extra clothes for their tour and for their meet and greets and for just kind of their life. So okay. then do they, they, so you get the clothes and then they keep the clothes after you buy them? Yes. Like, okay, so it's all part of the cost, right? Yeah, I mean, there's okay. a budget for clothes. Yeah. Right, okay. So you do the tour outfits too. So uh, usually, yeah. Okay. Yeah, but I'm not there putting the clothes no, on. No, but you, yeah. you picked them up. Yeah. You know, their That's sizes awesome. and everything, so. Yeah. That's so, pretty cool. So I play you, dress up for a living. Do yeah. you enjoy men or women more? It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Both. And this is the weird thing is in Nashville, people think of me as a men's stylist and it's two reasons. I'm very lucky to have two of the biggest male, male artists. Yeah. yeah. Who are your two biggest? Uh, Eric Church and Luke Combs. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, like against each other for like entertainers of the year and weird things that are good problems to have. But actual so you root for both? Problems. Yes. <laughs> yes. 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 Like, it is a very weird position to be in. Yeah. Um, but and it's a, an actual problem. But also, if you look at a top 20 country chart, still, usually there's only three or four women out of the 20. No. So even though I have amazing, amazing female clients who are going to be huge, huge stars, um, to name a few, Stephanie Quayle, um, Aaron Kinsey, um, The Pretty Wild... Uh, Megan Patrick, she's about to blow up. Um, I have these amazing, and for five years I had Mickey Guyton, who I love, love, love. Oh, and, you know, amazing female clients 
But here, people think of me mostly as a male stylist, even though I dress all these. So like, all the females women. you just mentioned, everybody's got to go and go to <clears throat> oh, their absolutely. Apple because Music about, and Spotify yes. and th- yes. listen to their music. So I sure. will repeat their names because literally they're all on the cusp of, of, yeah. of making it the huge. So Stephanie Quayle, Aaron Kinsey, um, we, uh, the Pretty Wild. Um, and Megan Patrick, like all, mm-hmm. and I have so many others that I'm in right now. Of course, when I'm on the spot, like <laughs> no some people, are like, well, what did you? Who did you dress this week? And I'm like, I had fittings and shoots every week, and I can't even think of who I dress. Yeah, <laughs> it's been very busy, which yeah. is great. Yeah, but like amazing women. But here, but then in what was so funny is in New York, people thought of me as um, women over forty, gay men, and young ingenues. Oh, wow. oh so it's like totally flipped. Oh yeah. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> and here it's like hot country dudes. That's awesome. Well, but it's really everything, and I enjoy all of it. Now, some are like, "Oh, aren't men easier?" Technically, yes, because there just isn't as much to possibly do. But that's why it's so hard to make them all look different and figure out what's their thing. I can see that because totally. you know, women, you have so much more to choose from. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. But then there's a lot more to go into. I definitely it takes. Twice as long to dress a, a woman as it does a man, mm-hmm. but you can get more creative. But then sometimes I find that I get the most creative when I have like lots of limits put on me, which mm. is what it can be with men sometimes, you know? Yeah. Um, and then a lot of men in country music don't really want to branch out and do things. Now I have some, oh my gosh, and how did I forget? Madeline Edwards. <laughs> the name came to her. <laughs> She is about to blow up, and she's amazing and gorgeous and fabulous, and I love her so, 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 so much, and I think I think of her almost more as a friend than, like, as a client, so I asked, I forgot to say her name. She, like, huge. She's going to be huge, and she's amazing. I'm she opened have for, to look up all these yeah. people. I, yeah. You, you mentioned, Chris I, I know what you're talking about, but I need to look. Yeah, because I've seen their photos pop up when you've done their makeup Yeah, my little like Instagram. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They've done their makeup. He's such a I mean, not makeup when you've done their fashion. Yeah, when yeah, I'm not dressed makeup. up. Yeah, when they're all dressed up. Um, he's had like three bottles of Pete for Maggie. No, it's now. like it's like when you said you were a designer. Same yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah, yeah. exactly. I, I, I'm accusing you of calling me a makeup artist, and I call myself a designer, which I am absolutely one thousand percent not. I think sometimes though, when it's kind of funny, like sometimes when you think stylist, you think that they do like everything. everything. Yeah, you think they do yeah. the hair, you think they oh, do the makeup, yeah, yeah. and like people it's are like, crazy can you cut my hair? Like, seriously, there's like there's a hair style, hair stylist, there's a makeup artist. Uh-huh. Like, there's so much that goes into this, like. Man, I just, it's kind of crazy to think about. Yeah, I never knew this world. Even oh, yeah. Is, yeah. Exactly. Well, I mean. Yeah, yeah, but you don't know what. No, you Again, don't. you don't know what's all in. We do. We do need like to that. talk about this wine, though. This wine. Oh, yeah. Yes. So Katie said that she liked uh, Sauvignon Blanc, mm-hmm. Albarino. I do love an Albarino. Yeah. yeah. So we decided to pick, and you said it perfectly the first time. Say it again. Puy Fumé? Yes. yes. Uh, an awesome uh, Sauvignon Blanc from the Polyfume region of France, and we love this wine. It's dry. It's it, so good. it does taste a little woodsy, like you said. It's earthy. It's but old yet not world. oaky at all. Not oaky at all. Which is all. what I do not like. Yes. I think it's got a lot of like minerality to it. Mm-hmm. Yes, it is very yeah. minerally. Mm-hmm. Yep. So I thought this would be a good one just for us to drink while we very heard delicious. About your... It's fifteen fifteen. 15 from Trader, Trader Joe's. Joe's, we worked today, 
And oh my gosh. I don't you know forget. how you came here after no, working No, no, no. This day. is so not relaxing. But you, we, we forget. I forget. People forget. Oh, I, I kind of remembered. But then the customers were all like, why is it so busy? And I'm like, yeah. all of the college kids are coming back yeah. literally oh. this weekend. Yeah. So, okay. you know, we have Vanderbilt. We have Belmont, Lipscomb. And, I mean, most of the people going through the line today were either college students or parents, or parents paying for college students mm-hmm. to go into their dorms. And people forget, like, that is way more crazy than back to school. Well, it's one thing for the staff to say, like, this is crazy. This is nuts. But when other people, the customers are noticing it. Yes. And you have, like, people going, what the hell is going on in here? Like, like, is there about to be a lockdown? It was was very difficult to get around the store today. The lines, like, nonstop. You know, and you're trying to still talk and be, like, kind to people. I'm just, like, sweating all day. And, and people I'm, are like, oh, Nashville Wine Duo. Oh, so no. what is that like? Like, do people, because I did yeah. it to you before you asked me to do this. Like, yeah. this last year, you didn't even know who I was sometimes no, because we'd I be in masks. No, I did, yeah. And I'd be like, hey, little <laughs> well, like, She doesn't even remember, well, but I love them. The Nashville probably, Wine no, Duo. No, it was probably the masks, seriously, because yeah. a lot of people with the masks, we couldn't tell a lot yeah. of but And then you, there are some people we just don't know. Yeah, but people say, think they know you now. Yeah, yeah. So is that hard to actually work with people being like, Nashville Wine Duo, Nashville Wine Duo, and you're like, I actually have to ring people up like I actually have to go manage things no I mean like honestly for us I think like with how difficult like the pandemic was like I kind of felt like that was a way to like it was a highlight in our day a lot of the time when people would say something to us Uh you know wearing the mask for like eight hours a day like you know people were so divided in the country over so many things and like people would argue and I think that was just kind of like a we just wanted to bring like light and fun to people's lives and create this community. So then when people would come in and talk to us, it was like, wow, we have these friends and people that we're reaching out to that we have no idea. And it felt very special. I mean, we'd have, we'd seriously, we'd have people messages and be like, my life's been so hard, but like watching you guys has like made me happy. And like, it's just like that. And that, you know, I'm like, wow, that's cool that we're doing Cheers this. to that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's amazing. Yeah. Doing it through wine. And, but I, I think actually what's kind of crazy is I, I think that Trader Joe's for both of us, we're both very extroverted. We're both very like, this is one of the reasons we were so drawn to each other is I think we're both like, I'm not trying to like, toot my own horn or whatever but i think we're both very kind-hearted in nature we just love people yeah we love people we love people like we love to like have grace for people and see the benefit of the doubt in every person's situation like we just think all people come from all different walks and like no one can be put in a box and just like and that's how trader joe's is like we show everybody love the same whoever they are Mm -hmm. whatever they are you know it's just that's and i think that we're like that too we just love giving good customer service and so then that kind of really tied into like the natural wine duo and you know because at trader joe's like there's people that are having hard times and like you can give them flowers and make them feel better and so then it was like we started to do that just with wine and and then it was just like expanding from there and i don't know what, what do yeah, you think it's been cool no yeah i agree but you don't find it difficult to work when people are trying to talk to you <laughs> I, well, I actually like when people say hey yeah. I, okay. I, I follow you yeah you know I yeah that is to, fine. i just so want to let you know gotten so big that it's become a problem no. Like, no. It's your ability to work. <laughs> no, if anything, it kind of just makes us laugh sometimes. Because, like, yeah. I'll be, like, taking cards out, and this person will me, she's like, I love following you and your husband. And I'm like, who are you? <laughs> like, I don't even know you. Or I'll be stalking 
cheese and she's like, I follow you. I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. It's yeah. so weird, but so sweet. Uh, yeah, it's but so like weird, compared so to the weird. Instagram world, we're so tiny. Like we really are. But I think it makes it feel bigger because we're so Nashville focused. Yes. That mostly everybody that follows us lives in Nashville. So yeah. then they actually see us sometimes when we're out and like, yeah. it's, but it's Were you watching last night? Do you watch Seinfeld? No, oh, I mean, I've okay. watched, I mean, I've watched so, many episodes, but, yeah. like, I can't... We were watching the Seinfeld episode last okay. night. Which one? Seinfeld in the in the locker room with Keith Hernandez from the New York Mets. Okay, I did not see that. And they're talking, like, that's Keith Hernandez over uh-huh. there from the New York Mets, and Seinfeld was like, he would never know who I am. I'm just a little comedian. Yeah. Keith Hernandez walks over and is like, you're Jerry Seinfeld, the comedian. <laughs> he knew him. And like, yes. So it's, it's the funny thing, but I was like, yeah, we're just like the little Nashville wine duo. Like, we're a blimp on the... On the radar. So when someone does say I follow you, it's like... Pretty cool. Oh, it's yeah. pretty cool. You know what I mean? Yeah. So. I mean, it would make me happy, you know? Yeah. I mean, it's... You know, and we we do we do work at it. Like, it has been like a hustle. Like, I mean, being on Instagram and all that, like, it's... Everybody thinks it's like, oh, you're just filming a video or whatever. But, like, there's a lot of things that go into it. And... Oh, I know. That's why I barely do it. And I have, like, two followers. Because <laughs> it's it hasn't been a priority. Yeah. And my um, daughter, Stella, who's like, Mom... You're going to talk about me on the podcast, right? And I'm like, well, of course I'm going to talk about you on the podcast. <laughs> so, you know, Stella is like, you have to be on Instagram more. You have to be on TikTok. Are they your followers? Are those your fans? I like, hate, people I hate saw TikTok. me at the grocery store. Well, I haven't done it. I hate it. I Because I don't want Stella to do it. But yeah. we have to make sure to get this into the podcast. Yes, somehow. do it. So, Stella, my daughter Stella, who's nine years old, mm-hmm. and is brilliant and fabulous and wonderful, and loves to dance and is so creative. She loves K-pop, and her dream is to be a K-pop artist. And, you know, I've told her, like, well, like, typically you, you have to be Korean to be yeah. a, 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 a K-pop artist. There's one kind of <laughs> but, thing that goes with being a K-pop but like, artist. you can be anything you want. <laughs> but, you know, you tell your daughter. Like, That's you hilarious. You so, but she's very into, like, Instagram and followers and, like, oh, do you follow them and do, do they follow you? And someone saw me in the grocery store the other day and it was someone from high school. Yeah. After I talked to her, Stella goes, is that a fan? <laughs> <laughs> you should just play along and say, yes, yes. it is. I'm, I yes. have a lot of fans. <laughs> oh, but, like, it's the their whole world, you know, like a kid's world, their concept fame oh yeah you know Mm -hmm. it's so different and and weird and like with what I do you know these people come to the house sometimes so she and so now she was just used to country singers coming to the house for fittings or going to their like parties or whatever and now that she's nine she's starting to think she's like well are they really famous right and I think they view it all as like likes and views and stuff like that I think they think like that that's at least ours do but she doesn't think of that in terms of like Likes and views so much. Although when I did tell her, I had a new client who had, like, followers, ridiculous uh, TikTok followers. Yeah. Like, I mean, I mean, crazy. Yeah, like, like oh, millions or yeah, something. Yeah. yeah. Um, she was so excited about that person that doesn't have a record deal yet. Right. Like, I've never even heard of. No, you're right. These and, are the people that are more famous to them, I think, in the and future. And she thinks it's so big. And then she's just like, oh, yeah, going to Eric Church's Halloween party. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. No, if we mentioned that someone that played video games on YouTube that had 40 billion followers yeah. to our daughters, That'd be they'd a be like, deal. oh, my gosh. Like, they don't, even know but who, then you, they don't even know who, like, Madonna was. Yeah. You know? I had to, <laughs> like, really introduce Stella to Beyonce and Madonna. Yeah. yeah. You know, she's like, oh, who's that? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? I know. That's, well, I think part of the reason it's so different is because growing up, like, 
we were so much more influenced by what our parents did because there wasn't any like of our own device or like our own headphones. You know, like, for me it was MTV. Well, well that's not gonna say you yeah. had television yeah. where you saw MTV and stuff like that. Mine was also the radio uh, and the radio. Yes, because, yeah. like, but the radio I think radio. tied in with MTV and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now you don't. But they you don't have listen all these to the radio services. anymore. No, nobody. Uh, they can to the radio. choose what they want to listen. Yeah. to. Exactly. So. So we listen to K-pop all the time. Oh wow. Well. This has been so fun. Thank you, Katie, Thank you, for Katie, sitting down for with sitting us. Down Next with time, us. bring a Korean snack because Stella's really into Korean oh, snacks. Oh, totally. Oh, we'll, Did we'll she like do. spicy stuff? Oh, yeah. Korean oh. snacks, K-pop. Yeah, I know. I actually would love that. to do another follow-up podcast and just ask more questions about different things. Yeah. It'd be really fun. And I do next, feel I talked so much more about like New York and what brought me to Nashville yeah. than the Nashville journey. No, so, let's yeah. totally, we'll do a part two we'll a of part this. this. That'll be so fun, especially because you are so close and it's easy and it's, you're so fun. Well, yeah. I want to hang out with you. You'll have to edit this because I love, I mean, I've warned you, I'm a talker. No. no this, this will need perfect. to be edited. No, you're this, good. We don't, we don't edit. No, we're, and next time I can come natural. actually looking cute. Seriously, I was so embarrassed. I was like, we're going to a stylist house. And yeah, I, I knew you were coming from work. I know, but... But I asked him, I'm like, do I have to put... Like, are you going to take a picture? Should I put makeup on? He goes, we'll probably take a picture. Yeah. yeah we're well, taking don't get still. this down. <laughs> I don't put... Like, I literally don't even put on makeup No, on I hurt my foot like a couple of Oh, my ago. gosh. We're going to end this podcast okay. with all the whining <laughs> from the ladies. Cheers, y'all. Oh my gosh, I heard makeup.